Well, it is, um, it's good to be back this morning, uh, back behind the, on, on preaching duty. <laughs> and uh, I trust you've had a great January. Energize, um, Ruth Limpkin and Sanjay. And then last week we had Peter Blas, wasn't Peter Blas outstanding? Last Sunday morning and uh, just a great time of, of just praying at the end of that. And uh, so I trust that you're feeling energized. And uh, so next Sunday is Vision Sunday. And as well, said earlier, we had Mother Teresa last year. We can't have Mother Teresa in a beard this year, but um, well, <laughs> we have some surprises up our sleeve. But next Sunday is Vision Sunday. And really, it's just simply just launching our theme from the year and some of our initiatives. We've got some really great initiatives we want to tell you about. And uh, so that's next Sunday morning. But the following week, the week immediately following the Sunday, so the following week after Vision Sunday, is a special week of just drawing near to God. And we're going to do that in two specific ways. I'm going to talk about those two ways we're going to do that this morning. Um, But so this morning's message is really to set up for the week after Vision Sunday. Because on Vision Sunday, we're going to be talking about Vision Sunday, the vision for the year 2020. Um, But so this morning, I just simply want to get you thinking about and setting up the whole thought for the week immediately following Vision Sunday. Sunday. You know, it's um, my call in life to be a pastor and, you know, another name for a pastor is a shepherd and a part of a shepherd's job is to lead. And uh, so, you know, it's my, my privilege sometimes as a shepherd to lead you to places. A shepherd leads sheep to places where they may not normally go under their own initiative. And a part of a shepherd's role is to lead people into um, some places maybe that you might not have gone with your own initiative, but this morning I want to lead you to some high ground and I want to take you to some places and, and lead you to some places that you may not have gone before and uh, I believe God wants to do something great because I want to set you up and I believe God wants to set us up for a great 2020. Does anyone believe that? And uh, so this morning is all about that and uh, the, the, this, that week after Vision Sunday is certainly all about that. So I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17, and uh, we're going to read verses 14 to 17. Here we go. When they came to a crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures, seizures and is suffering greatly, often falls into the fire and into water. Terrible situation, wouldn't you agree? This young man, he obviously was terribly scarred and just an awful situation. And uh, just so you know, and we're about to hear this, but just so you know, he'd already been to the disciples. The father had already taken the disciples and they hadn't been able to do anything about it. So Jesus says to them, he says to these disciples, here's an encouraging word from Jesus this morning. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, who'd like to be a follower of Jesus? You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. But I want you to notice those two words. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Wow. Gentle words from gentle Jesus. Um, The word unbelieving and perverse. I mean, Jesus is calling, using these words to his left every. These are card-carrying followers of Jesus. These are people that have, left everything that they had and said, Jesus, we're going to follow you. And here we have Jesus calling them 
unbelieving and perverse. Thank you for coming this morning. God bless you. Um, it's like, wow. So what does it mean? Unbelieving and perverse. Unbelieving simply meant that there was a disconnection. Everyone say disconnection. There was a disconnection. Jesus is saying there's a disconnection about what I say I am and who I am with what you believe that I am and what's possible through me. You know, it's possible to be, sounds like a contradiction in terms, but it's possible to be an unbelieving believer. Who's ever felt like that? Come on, I'm, I'm first. Say, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like an unbelieving believer. Um, you can be a follower of Jesus, as these were. You can be a regular church attender. You can, maybe you'll be on the worship team. You might be a worship leader. You might be the pastor. <laughs> but it's still possible to feel disconnected from Jesus. It's possible for there to be a disconnection between who Jesus says he is and what we believe about him and what we believe he can do. So there's a disconnection. Then he, so it gets worse. He says, he says, you're unbelieving and you are, what's the second word? Perverse. Wow. Perverse. What does that mean? It means to turn away. It means to be corrupted and distorted. So when we think of perverse, we tend to think as somebody with really evil intent. We tend to think of, you know, some really sinful motives and kind of like terrible sinful habits. But perverse does, doesn't mean that. Perverse literally means it can be a good thing that's twisted. A good thing that's somehow become something that it was never meant to be. It's a good thing that you have become. It begins to mean too much to you. It's taken a place in your life that it should never have taken. And you've become too connected to it. So unbelieving comes from being disconnected. And perverse comes from being too connected. Who can see that? There's a connection and there's a disconnection. And so it might be, you know, think about what, what's possible. What's a good thing that can become perverse? What's a good thing that can become, take a place in our life that it wasn't meant to take? It may, you know, let's take something as simple as our health. Uh, staying physically healthy is a good thing. We would all agree with that, I'm sure. But how many of you know that that could become something that becomes such an obsession in our life that it becomes perverse, becomes twisted, and it can dominate everything about your life? It can become something that it was never meant to become. Um, what about our career? How many of you would agree your career is a, is a great thing? It becomes great God opportunities. But your, can, your career can become a perverse thing in your life where it becomes so central and so dominant in your life that it over, overwhelms and overrules everything else. Even a ministry, a God-given ministry, um, a God-given desire or a ministry that you have can become something in your life that it was never intended to be. It can become... It can become twisted. It can become perverse. And there's nothing wrong with the ministry itself, but it becomes something to you. You get overly connected to it in a way that is unhealthy and something that was never meant to be. You see, our mission statement as a church is to inspire people to make Jesus the center of their lives, right? Now, if Jesus is not the center of your life, let me say this, something else is. Something is the center of your life. 
And if that something is not Jesus, how many know that thing has become perverse? It's become twisted. It's become something that was never intended to become. Because Jesus and Jesus alone is meant to be the center of our life. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? And so here we have the disciples who couldn't deliver this young boy from this terrible affliction, from this demonic oppression. And Jesus says, you're, the problem is you're disconnected and you're too connected. You're unbelieving, you're disconnected, and you're perverse. You're too connected to some things that you shouldn't be. You see, this can happen to us all. It can, it's so easy, it happens, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd, I'm a, you know, I teach the Bible, I'm a preacher, but let me tell you, it happens to me. Over time, I can find myself becoming disconnected from and that, that intimacy and that, 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 that closeness that I, I absolutely need and, and, and want from Jesus. And I can find myself, and there's a tendency when you get disconnected from that, you start to connect in a way that's unhealthy to things that were never meant to take the place that they're starting to take in your life. And so Jesus says, you're disconnected, you're too connected, you're, you're unbelieving and you're perverse. You know, it's not something we intend to happen. It's not something we intentionally set out to do. I, I said to someone this morning, I said, wow, I feel like I'm disconnected. I said, I feel like I need to reset, I feel like to reconnect with you. I said, and the reason was because I said, we've been so busy. So for that connection to take place, how many of you know that I've got to disconnect from things enough to be able to reconnect? How many know there's some things and maybe some people in your life that you need to reconnect with but in order to do so you've got to disconnect from some things and the beginning of the year is a great time to be able to set some priorities in order to get that true north happening again where you can say God I need to make sure I'm connected to what I need to be connected to and disconnected maybe disconnect from some things in order for that to take place so here you have your faith who connected, you, you unbelieving perverse, you disconnected and too connected people. Verse 18. It says, so they, Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. How many of you know that Jesus still does stuff today? He's still at work today. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately because they were too embarrassed about the fact that they couldn't, so they don't do this in front of the crowd. They come to him privately and they said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus had already labelled the two problems. What were the two problems? He says, you are unbelieving and perverse. Here he gives the answer. He says, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. The answer to being disconnected and too connected, the answer is prayer and fasting. The problem was they were, too, they were disconnected and that they were too connected. You got that? The answer was prayer and fasting. Why? Prayer connects us to God. Prayer is the, is the avenue that connects us to God. 
And the truth is this, the more time that we spend with Him, when we take moments and seasons in our life to, or, or times in the day to connect with Him, the greater your confidence in Him will be, right? The closer you are to Him, you'll begin to know His ways. You know, the Bible says those that know their God, not just know about their God, but know, nosco, experientially, those that know their God, there's a sense of relationship there. Those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Anybody you want to be strong and do exploits in 2020? Well, it starts with knowing God. And not just knowing about and having head knowledge, but knowing Him as a person. Knowing Him intimately. Being connected to Him in a way that's not just knowledgeable. You see, when I'm not connected, when I'm not reaching out and connecting with Him, something starts to happen and I find myself, I start to rely on things that I should not have relied Things begin to take place in my life and take a precedence and a priority in my life that were never meant to be that in my life. And so prayer connects us to Jesus. How many of you agree with that statement? Anybody else? You know, I think back at times in my life when I was so close to Jesus and it comes during times of seeking his face, drawing near, in prayer. So I'm not going to talk too much about the how this morning, but I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So if the problem is being disconnected, the answer to being connected to God again is what? Prayer. Now the other problem was too connected, being too connected to temporary things, being connected to things, things that were nothing, not wrong within themselves, that they'd be, but they'd become, they'd become a taken a place in our life that they should never have taken. So the answer to that, to disconnect from them, prayer connects. What disconnects you? Fasting. Fasting disconnects you from temporary things, if I can use that terminology. You see, here's the problem, that whenever we get too connected to temporary things, when the temporary, when our, when our appetites rule us, we lose authority, we lose confidence, we lose dominion. What does that mean? Um, I like to put it in these terms. It's kind of like we begin to lose our spiritual mojo. Can I use that terminology? Anyone, anyone understand the term mojo? It's kind of like, you know, it's just like you're on. And it's like you're spiritually alive. But when we get too connected to things that we were never meant to get too connected to, and we start to get disconnected from God, we start to lose our spiritual confidence. We start to lose that authority, and we start to literally lose dominion. And let me give you an example. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they, they became ruled. They, they, were, they were ruled by their appetites. Come on, have this apple. And it was like they saw it, and it was good for eating. There was an appetite there. And when they, when they ate that apple, they lost their dominion. They lost their authority. They found themselves in a place they were never meant to be. They literally ate themselves out of house and home. So here's the point this morning. If you want dominion back, if you want authority, if you want confidence in your God, 
If you want to have that operating in your life, you've got to push some of those things away from you from time to time. When you fast, you regain dominion. Let me give you an example. Have you ever said, I feel like this part of my life is out of control? I just can't control it. Let's just say, well, eating is a pretty big desire. Who would agree with that? Nah. You spiritual giant, Keith. How many are feeling hungry right now? How many are looking forward to a lamb roast with mint sauce and baked potatoes? And Who's feeling hungry? I would say that eating is in the rank of things. Let's go to army kind of talk for a moment. Eating is a general. It's a high-ranking in our life. Who would agree with that? Of course. So you think, well, I, you know, you've got other things going on in your life. I feel like it's out of control. Well, let me tell you, in the scale of your life, eating is probably one of your biggest needs. So it's a general. And here's the thing. If you can defeat a general, if you can take authority over a general, you can defeat a sergeant or a corporal or something of a lesser rank. You will gain dominion. Does that make sense? You can actually find authority and gain dominion over things. And so that's why it's so important, this whole idea of fasting. You see, fasting was a regular habit. Uh, of Jesus. It was a regular habit of the early church. Paul talks about it a lot, talks about, you know, fasting. But Jesus teaches it, and he teaches it in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, in Matthew chapter 6, he gives the, the big three, three Christian disciplines. He says, when you give, when you pray, and then he says, when you, when you fast. And it was kind of like an expect. it was a part It was a part of the routine of a a Christian discipline when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. It's probably one of the least known or talked about uh, disciplines of Christian life. And I can see why, because we just love fasting, don't we? (laughs) So why, 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 what's the point of this fasting? Well, is it just to suffer? Is it kind of like we have to, is it legalism? Is it kind of like earning something? No, no, no. What's it doing? It's disconnecting you from stuff. It's, it's putting things back in their right perspective and in their right order. Let me, let me help you understand why. See, we are tripartite beings. We're, come on, help me out here. We're body, soul, and spirit. All right? We, we are not just bodies. We, are, we have a soul which really is, you know, mind, our will, and emotions. Our emotions are biggie. Uh, and we have a spirit. Um, a tree does not have a spirit. A dog and a, a cat does not have, well, maybe dogs. I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be no cats in heaven. Oh, gee, did I say that? There will be dogs. No, never mind. Forgive me for my lack of theology, and you can take me up on that one later. But the point is this. I'm sure you'll all agree. We, we are body, soul, and spirit. We are not, listen carefully, we are not bodies with a spirit. We are spirits with a body. Let me say that again. We are not bodies with a spirit. We are what? Spirits with a body. We are spiritual beings. How many you know your spirit's going to live a lot longer than your body? We'll get a renewed body, etc. But, but you know what I'm saying. So your body connects you to you. You 
you, you connect it through your body in the sense of, you, you know, you, you feel some pain, you feel hunger, uh, you feel, appet- you have appetites, um, you know, th- th- we have the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, etc. Our bodies connect us to you, like self-consciousness, you know, you... Our soul connects us, is about being connected to others. And our emotions, you know, you make me happy. You make me sad. You, I feel hurt. Um, I feel loved, right? Emotions, our soul is a lot about connecting to others. Our spirit connects us to God. That's where we connect to God. It's in our spirit. Now, one of those is the strongest in you right now. Did you hear that? Now, it's Sunday and we've been in church and we've been worshipping. You're probably feeling pretty strong in your spirit right now. And, you know, we have times where I, I feel really strong in my spirit, but how many know there's other times in my life where I go out and I feel really strong and my, my body begins to rule over my spirit? Or is that just me? So what do we do about that? You see, if my body's in charge, if my body rules my life, I am, I am just ruled by my appetites and my urges. How many of you know if I am ruled by my body, that is going to lead to pain? That is going to lead to a bad outcome where I'm just, led, I'm just dominated by my bodily needs. You know, I can sleep with whoever, I can eat whatever. You know, it's just all about my body, my appetites, my urges. Secondly, if my, if my soul is in charge, if, if, if my emotions, if, I, if that is the strongest part of my life, if I am just ruled by my emotions, how many know that's not going to go well for me? You know, I'm just angry, so I just, I am angry. Or I'm, uh, whatever it is, you know, it's just simply my emotions rule me. Now, but here's the thing. If my spirit is the strongest, if my spirit is in charge, how many know Life is going to go better for me if that part of me which God connects to. Now, God is interested in us as people. He gives us a body and a soul. But if, if, if I am connected to God and I am strong in my spirit, how many know that is going to lead to better outcomes in my life? If you want to have a good 2020, doesn't mean everything's going to go right and proper. But listen, whatever else happens in your life, if you are strong in spirit, if you are connected to God, if you are connected to God in a way that, 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 is, that is real, that is tangible, that is, let me tell you, 2020 is going to be better for you in every way. And, I'm, and as a shepherd, I'm in, am I interested in your body? Yes. Am I interested in your emotions and your, 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 your soul? Yes. But let me tell you, I'm most interested in your spirit because that's the part that's eternal. And so... You know, Romans 8, 5. It says that those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. See, fasting is about setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. I'm connecting with the things of God. So how then do I let my Spirit lead? Well, the answer is simple. Example, person said, I feel like I've got this fight going in on me, and I've got a, I've got you know, big brown dog and a big white dog, and they're having a big fight. And it says, which one wins? And they said, whichever you feed the most. Have you know, whatever we feed the most grows, and what we starve becomes weakened. Who's starting to get where this is going? 
So how does that work? What does that look like? Well, it happens through prayer and fasting. You see, prayer, it strengthens you. It strengthens the spirit part of you, yes? It connects you to God. It's, it's you, you start to invest in that, that, that relationship, that union with Christ. The thing that you were created for, you start to connect with God on that. Fasting starves your body. And we all go, yeah, we know. I think some of us not only need to go on a body fast, but we need to go on a soul fast. You might maybe take a fast from multimedia or social media, I should say, or multimedia. Don't look at that in church. <laughs> that women's ad was bad for you this morning, okay? <laughs> so... Where does this take us? I just believe that when, this, when the Spirit is leading us, when my spirit is alive and strong, amazing things happen. And it happens, the way we do that is through prayer, we reconnect, we connect with that part of our life, and through fasting, we disconnect. And when we disconnect, we begin to get our dominion back. You see, isn't that the way it works? I, I think I mentioned earlier, didn't I? I saw someone and I said, I just need to reconnect with you. See, in order to connect, reconnect with Jesus, in order to have that part of my life alive and vibrant and healthy and flowing, I've got to actually disconnect from some things to do that. Am I talking to people who get this this morning? It's like, it's like yeah, you're talking my language. I, I, I'm so tied up in so many other things and they're all good things. And so, but there's a sense where, for this time, it's like, God, I'm actually disconnecting from something so that I can reconnect with something. And so with this week coming up after next Sunday, after Vision Sunday, we've got a week of prayer and fasting. And it's an opportunity for you to do two things, to disconnect from some things and to reconnect. How many of you think that would be a good thing? It's a great time of just re-pressing the reset button. It's just like, okay, God. Before we go into vision, before we go into anything, I'm putting myself, I'm getting myself into the right place. I'm disconnecting from some, from some, from some things and I'm reconnecting. And so it's an opportunity. So what do we do? Just some very practical thoughts to finish up. We've got a, a brochure available, a fasting brochure which just gives information on how to do this. And so the first thing is you've got to decide what you're going to do. And that's why we're doing it a week out because fasting is not just something, if you're going to fast, it's not just something you just jump into. Maybe you've got to wind it. You don't sort of pig out on pizza the night before and go, right, I've stored up for a week. I'm all good. Bad thing to do. And then you get to the end and then you break it with another pizza. Beauty. <laughs> Bad move. Okay, you're actually setting yourself up. Fasting is not glorified dieting, Okay. You will lose weight, but you're actually, fasting sets yourself up physiologically to put on weight. So you'll get it back on as quick as you get off if you see it as just as a spiritual fast, I mean a spiritual diet. No, no, no. This is about you connecting with God and you're disconnecting from some things. Okay, so the information sheet, if you get it, it will give you some information on how you can do that. You can fast a number of different ways. Now, ultimately, I think fasting has to do with food. 
You know, we can fast from all kinds of things. As I said, we can do an emotional fast. We may be from social media. It may be for, from some maybe TV or maybe whatever it is that don't go pointing the finger at you work out what you think you need to do. Um, but the point, the point is this. It's not about what you're doing. It's about the reason why you're doing it and you're disconnecting from some things that you know you need to so that you can reconnect. Got it? So you can do a, a, a food fast of some kind and I would encourage you to, to participate in this in some way. You can do a total fast. Now it goes for a week. Um, you can decide how long you're going to do that. Get medical advice if you need to. Um, it's not for everybody. I understand that. And when I say a total fast, um, some people have no food and just drink water. Um, I, I tend to juice. Um, I, it's amazing how good a, a steak will juice up. Um, no, I'm joking on that one. I'm joking. Puree a steak and tomatoes and throw it all in. Pure. No, I'm joking on that one. Um, <laughs> but you can do a total fast. You can do a, it's called a Daniel fast. The story of Daniel, you read about it in the book of Daniel, where they didn't eat, eat the king's food, so they abstained from meat and from drinking wine. And so they just ate vegetables and fruit and drank water. Um, and so that, that's a called a Daniel fast. Maybe that's something you could do. Some of you do that anyway. Um, all the vegans said. Um, so, so that's not spiritual for you at all. Um, <laughs> it's like, hey, what are you talking about? That's, do this all the time. I'm a spiritual giant. Um, maybe you could fast a meal or maybe, you know, just going to eat one meal a day or you figure it out, okay? So I want to encourage you to, to connect with this in some way so that you can disconnect so that you can reconnect. Now, here's the thing. It's not just about fasting. And it's like, okay, I'm just going without something. You're doing it for a spiritual purpose and when you pray, and that is so that you can what? Pray. Which means you can, when you pray, you reconnect. Got that? So we've got various op prayer opportunities for you. So number one, you can pray on your own. And that's a good place to start. We're going to have an app available so that you can uh, use that. And we can do that as a church uh, with a daily reading, etc. Um, that's, that's relevant to what that week's going to lead to. Um, so we will have an app for you to read um, so that you can participate. That's for your own private devotion. Secondly, I would encourage you to find two or three people that you can pray with. Um, we used to call them prayer triplets. Um, find two or three people who you can just get together with, or even if you can't find, even if it's one other one, um, but encourage you to get two or three um, that you can meet with, make some times during the week where you can just get together and you can pray. How many of you think that's a good thing? And then on top of that, so there's yourself, then there's prayer triplets, then on top of that, we have corporate prayer. So through the church, during the week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock on Tuesday morning, we're going to meet here for an hour. You can come and you can pray. On Wednesday night, we've got a corporate prayer meeting, 7 to 8, you can pray. Thursday morning, it's simply prayer triplets day. You can find, you've got your own time and you can find people that you're going to pray with. Um, I know Nikki... Uh, connected with some girls um, number, numbers of years ago when we did, first did this, and they've been praying every Friday morning in prayer triplets ever since. So who knows what can be started on that. So Thursday morning, just use for prayer triplets and yourself. Then Friday morning, we're going to have another prayer meeting here at the church from 6 to 7. So there's ample opportunities for you to reconnect, to connect in prayer. How many of you think that's a good thing? So you're disconnecting and you are reconnecting. It's so, it's so, it's so simple yet it can be life-changing. How many of you need a, a, a new connection 
you need to reconnect on some level. How many of you need to disconnect from some stuff? You know, it's from the routine, and routine's great, and I thank God for routines and everything else you do. You know, I'm, I'm disconnecting that week from a number of things that I, you know, I, I love to ride my bike. I'm not going to ride my bike that week. I, there's, there's other things that I do. I'm going to intentionally step away from them. Why? Because I'm disconnecting so that I can reconnect. That's what the message is called, by the way, disconnect, reconnect. How many of you feel God speaking to you about that right now? I'm going, yeah, this is right. This is good. It's exciting. It'll be life-changing. We've got testimonies here from other years where we've had this week of prayer and fasting, and it's been turning points for people. And I want to encourage you to consider that. So decide what you're going to do. Secondly, you need to know what you're praying and believing for. Okay, for all of us, I trust it's to make Jesus the center of our life. Jesus, I want you in the rightful place in my life. Um, maybe it's just a, a realigning yourself like I am just so dependent on you. Maybe there's some things you want him to restore. Maybe there's some specific needs that you have. Maybe it's, maybe it's well, whatever it is. Maybe there's specific needs. But just think about what it is that you're praying and fasting for. But above all, expect you're connecting. That's the most important thing. And then thirdly, expect results. Expect results. You know, Isaiah um, has it's a whole, got a whole chapter on fasting. Isaiah 53. And it talks about the fast. And it, and it talks about then after the fast, it says, and you'll hear, um, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And then it goes on in verse 9. It says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. There's three things there, which I think we can, which, which were the result of fasting. There's healing. You need things that are healed. How many of you people, don't put your hand up, but how many of you here this morning have some area of your life that you'd like to see healing take place in? Whatever that might be. So there's healing. Uh, and then it talks about your righteousness will go before you. This is not about perfection, but this is about holiness. This is about, God, I'm, I'm taking authority over some areas in my life. I'm, I'm defeating the general so that I maybe defeat some of the other lesser ranked things in my life which constantly plague me. There's a sense of holiness. And then the last one is, is help. It says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. And uh, maybe some of you need employment. Maybe some of you need a breakthrough in an area. Uh, and just bring those before God and you're, you, you, and you're believing for results, yeah? You agree with me on that? So there's lots of good outcomes to believe for. And so uh, that's really my message this morning. Actually, can I have some of the team back, please? That's my message this morning, to disconnect and reconnect. I'm not saying this morning that, you know, these are the, the disciples that Jesus spoke to and said, you unbelieving, perverse people, you, there's a disconnect between who I am and what I'm able to do. There's a, a perverseness. There's a, you're too connected to some things that are within themselves may be good. And so this week, it's, it's a week of, of disconnection and reconnection. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Who feels challenged by that this morning? Who feels a little inspired? Someone came up to me after the first service and said, boy, I don't, didn't think I could ever be inspired to fast, but that did it for me. It's like, I can see that. I can see that. And, uh, you know, it's not twisting God's arm. It's not about a whole lot of things that we make it into, but we can all see this morning why the reconnection and the disconnection. Father, I'm praying this morning 
Holy Spirit, you would come and just begin to prompt us and speak into our hearts. Lord, this this can be a a life-changing week for individuals and then put us together, Father, a life-changing week for our church. Praying for people this week, Father, who as they prepare themselves and as they open their hearts to you. Lord, firstly, I just pray for soft hearts this morning, good soil. Lord, that the seed of your word today would fall on good soil. Even now, I just sense a softening of hearts. Father, we don't want to have soil that the seed just blows off. Sit my heart, doesn't penetrate. Let your word go down this morning. Father, help us to, even now, just say, Jesus, change my hard heart. Help it to be soft. Lord, we receive your word this morning with gladness. Let it take root. Father, I'm praying for life-changing moments for people as we disconnect and reconnect. So, Father, I pray that you would lead us, Lord, as we prepare ourselves this week and lead us into next week. Commit Vision Sunday to you, Father. I pray that you inspire us and help us to be people that have a progressive vision. But, Father, above all else, I pray, Father, that our vision, part of that vision would be to be intimately connected with you. Jesus, it's you we're longing for. It's you we're living for. Jesus, draw us close, I pray. Lord, let us be so connected to you. A confidence, a belief in you. Father, I pray that you'd lead us in this, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You know, the most important thing is that you are connected to the Father in heaven. Jesus made a statement which is pretty in your face for a lot of people. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one gets connected to the Father except through me. That sounds pretty exclusive. And it is. And friend, it doesn't matter how good you live your life. It doesn't matter your best efforts. Or The fact is Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If we could get to heaven by our own devices, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. This morning, the only way you can know the Father is through Jesus. If you've never done that, in a moment, you can say, Jesus, I believe in you this morning. I put my trust in you. I put aside my own efforts, put aside my own good deeds because they're not going to do it. And Jesus, I believe in you today. You are my Savior. If you want to do that, just simply pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. I make you my Lord. And I'll make you my saviour. I want to live from you for this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that this morning, I, mean, I, I would encourage you to go to the next step stand. or, In fact, just where you are, if you just indicate to me, I'm not going to call you out the front. If you prayed that prayer this morning, and it was the first time you've done that, just where you are, just raise your hand. Just say, yeah, that was me, Russell, just so I can know. Acknowledge that. Anybody? Hold it high. Jesus. So, Father, we don't want to be a disconnected people. We want to be connected. Let your word live in us this morning. Let it produce what it would do. I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen.